Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. It's a joy to be able to welcome everybody into the third week of a series we're doing that's all about the highs and lows that come with following God. Now, if you're just joining us, let me kind of catch you up by sharing what we have as a two-part bottom line. This connects um, each of these um, teachings together. The first part of this bottom line is this, and that is that following is filled with highs and lows. Would you just say that once with me, everybody? Following is filled with highs and lows, meaning this, that if you are following Jesus, there are going to be highs and lows in doing so. If you're following God, there's highs and lows in doing so. Now, this is such a fundamental truth. I mean, it seems so simple, but we miss it at times. And when you forget this, when you are going through a low, all of a sudden you're going like, there's something wrong with me. There's something you know, wrong with Jesus. Maybe I'm not you know, a follower after all. You see, we can actually end up shipwrecking our faith when we miss this powerful truth that following is filled with highs and lows. We also can miss out on some of the most deepening relationships with God when we miss out on this part. Now, part B will go hand in hand with it. Part B focuses on these four characters. These four characters that bring forth this message that God is greater than the highs and lows. And we are all going to need this part of the bottom line as well. In our highs and in our lows. Now if I could just check, because it's a safe place here. How many would say that you're in a good place today? I mean, you came into church high. Well, maybe you didn't come into church high. (laughs) You're in a good place in life. That's what I'm trying to say. How many are in a good place right now? Okay, cool, fantastic. We rejoice with you in that. How many would say, honestly... That's not where I'm at right now. I am in one of those low or lower places in life right now. How many like that? Yeah, I mean, we always, and, and this is a good place to be when we're in a time of difficulty and struggle that way. Now, this is what I'm curious about. How many would be willing to acknowledge that in the last four weeks, you have been from a high to a low, or in the last four weeks, you've gone from a low to a high in your life. How many have experienced that kind of change? Yeah, I mean, just kind of check it out. You're like, it's true that following is filled with highs and lows. The great truths and principles that we are learning from come from an individual in the scripture. His name is Elijah. You may have heard of Elijah before. One of the things that scripture wants us to know about Elijah is this, that Elijah was a person just like us. And that's going to become, I think, all the more apparent as we spend these few minutes together. Elijah is going to go from a place of high, I mean a high spiritual point in his life, to a very low one. And if you wonder, like, how low did Elijah go? Well, this was his prayer. Elijah prayed that he might God, just kill me. And that's where Elijah was. How do you get there? If you have a Bible with you, I'm gonna ask you to open it up to 1 Kings chapter 19. Maybe you get the Bible on your phone, on a phone app. If so, open it up. I think it's always helpful to be able to read along and follow. 
If you want, there's notes for this talk. It's, you can use the QR code and uh, get those notes or you can use them to reference back to it a little bit later if you'd like. Again, just for quick review, week one, 1 Kings chapter 17, we see in this one chapter, there are six different highs and lows that Elijah goes through because life is filled with highs and lows. In chapter 18, Pastor Jason, the last teaching that we did in this series, talked to us about one of the most amazing displays of God that we happen to see in the Old Testament. And what happened that day left everybody in awe of God. It was unmistakable as they saw a miraculous display of both the glory and the strength and the power of God as he literally brought fire down from heaven. If you've never read 1 Kings 18, Read it today, you'll be going like, shut up. I didn't know the Bible was so good. I guarantee it, so look forward to that. Then, after this mighty display, Elijah literally gets down on his knees and he is going to pray a prayer asking God for rain. Not like today, I'm asking God for not rain, at least for, at one o'clock. But he prays because there's been a three and a half year drought in Israel. It is literally killing the nation. And he prays, God, would you please send life-giving rain? And before Elijah gets up off his knees, torrents of rain come down. Now Elijah, seeing the power of God displayed, had this amazing answer to prayer. You know what Elijah's saying? Elijah's doing like, best day ever! But you know, after the best day ever, always comes the next day. Have you noticed that? Yeah, best day ever. And then tomorrow comes, which is where we pick it up in verse one of chapter 19, which says, now Ahab, he was the king, told Jezebel, who was the queen who wasn't there for this display, everything that Elijah had done how he killed all the prophets of Baal with a sword. And so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. In other words, Elijah, you are a dead man. Verse three says, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, and while he himself was a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came to a broom brush, it's a tree, and he sat down under it and prayed that he might die. Serious. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Now, here's the question of the day. How did Elijah go from here to hear so quickly. And one of the reasons we want to know the answer to that question is so that we don't repeat those same things that Elijah did. And this part, I think, becomes even more important because if you happen to be like me, you might be a person that thinks, never gonna to happen to me. I'm smart enough, I'm strong enough, I'm spiritual enough, that I am never gonna let this happen in my life. And if you are like me, I just think it's really important for us to um, get back in touch with reality. <laughs> because the truth is, it can happen to all of us. 
In fact, in many cases, it has. How do we go from a place in which we've got peace and joy and we're worshiping and celebrating and we get to the place in which we're praying, God, may I just die. We are suicidal in our feelings. We go from this place of great wonder, high, to the place of, I'll call it D, disillusioned, defeated, depressed, discouraged, in darkness. And so Elijah's gonna help us to be able to learn some of these lessons. We're gonna learn from some of the chains that Elijah actually puts about himself how we go from high to low that way. We're talking about some literal chains that Elijah, Elijah put on. We're talking some heavy chains. And here's what I know about these chains. I've had them on at least once in my life, and several of them I've had on more times than not. The first of the five that Elijah puts upon himself, we'll call this one the chain of exhaustion. We, we looked at in verse number three that Elijah runs down to Beersheba. So he goes from Mount Carmel to Beersheba. And if you're like, how far was that? It was a hundred miles. Now he wasn't just running. He was running for his life. How many have ever had somebody chasing you? Like, you, I mean, you were, you were scared for your life. I've had somebody chasing me. I feared for my life. I mean, you just take off. You are a dead run. He ran and he ran day after day after day, always looking over his shoulder. And he ran himself to the place of literal exhaustion. With these matters of disillusionment, of defeat, of discouragement, of depression in our life, we're gonna find that there is both a physiological as well as a psychological factor to them. There's something that's going on physically as well as mentally and spiritually when we get into these places. If you've been around Fox River for a while, I've mentioned the deepest depression I ever found myself in. And it got me to the place. I honestly, I didn't care. I, mean, I didn't care about anything. It had a biological trigger. It was actually COVID that triggered this and then I just said this continued spiral that went on in my life. I've said before, this is a safe place. How many would be willing to just acknowledge that, that you've gone through a time of, it, of a significant depression in your life? Can I, it's just like, wow, I mean. Now this is heartbreaking, but it just again shows how real these chains can be in us. And when we allow ourselves to get exhausted, then we're setting ourselves up either for burnout in our life or to set a trigger of something even deeper and harder that we're gonna have to go through. Diet matters, sleep matters, exercise matters. And if we're starting to feel depression take hold of us, we do need to go and see a doctor. I mean, see a physician. I think it's important to pray. And I also think it's important that we're making sure that, that we're taking care of ourselves and, and making sure there's not this other trigger that's going on because here's what we're gonna learn. That 
exhaustion, depression, they go hand in hand. Exhaustion and lows. You don't feel low when you feel good, do you? It's a heavy chain and it just gets heavier the longer that you wear it. But there was another one. Did I mention these are heavy? <laughs> there was another chain that Elijah ended up putting around himself. This chain happened to be the chain of loneliness. Verse three tells us this, that when he gets to Beersheba, he left his friend or he left his companion there. This was a peer of Elijah's. This is one they'd done life, they'd done ministry together with, but he's going like, no, I just wanna, I just wanna go off and be alone. If we don't have somebody in our life that we're able to draw strength from, somebody that we can go to and talk to through the meaningful, through the, through the difficult things that we're going through, then we are headed to the place of D, of disillusionment, of discouragement, of depression in our life. If I were to ask you, if, if you got that call at two in the morning and one of your worst nightmares was taking place, who would you call at two in the morning? If you don't have somebody, then you're wearing a very heavy chain, whether you know it or not. One of the things I wanna put on our radar, I'm really excited about this. This September, as an entire church, we're going into an experience, it's gonna be called Rooted. And what Rooted is gonna do, it's an opportunity to literally deepen our faith, but it's also the opportunity to be able to connect with others. And this synergism of deepening our faith or growing in Jesus together. And I'm gonna ask everyone, high schooler, you know, young adult, old adult, I mean, every one of us, let's be a part of something that I guarantee you is going to be life impacting. It is a small group experience. You may think, I've never been in one before. I am not into that kind of thing at all. So I hope you'll just start to Open your heart up to that right now. You can use the app if you want. You can use the QR code and start to look at there's all these different rooted opportunities. Again, it's not till the middle of September that it starts, but I hope that you'll be, you're just ready to say yes to Jesus and what he wants for you. And it will be one of the ways to keep from getting this hung around our neck. There's a third heavy chain that Elijah began to shackle himself with. This was the chain of quitting. Verse four tells us this. Elijah says to God, God, I've had enough. How many have ever said that to God? Right, I'm like, okay, nobody is willing to admit it. Like, I have, like, God, I've just had enough. I mean, I quit. And here's what we think. We think if we quit, then things are gonna get better, right? We quit, and there's gonna be a load lightened from us when just the opposite happens. We quit, and we begin finding ourselves pulled lower into the low that we're quitting over. I wish there wasn't a fourth chain, but there's a fourth chain. This is a chain of comparison. This may be one of the two greatest chains that we put most often around ourselves. Elijah began comparing himself with others in other people's lives. He said these words. He said, God, I want you just to take my life because I'm no better than my ancestors. 
Now, who's even comparing him to his ancestors, right? I mean, like, where did your ancestors come in with this? But he was, Elijah's now just looking at others and others that had a better life. There is this downward spiral that comparison can bring us into. Just tell me if this sounds familiar to you or not. The spiral starts like this. When you begin comparing your weaknesses to somebody else's strengths. They're really good at that. I'm not good at that. And the comparison spiral starts. You then, you begin to focus on your deficits, not on your value. See, Elijah wasn't saying at this point, God, I'm so thankful that I'm a prophet of yours. God, thank you that you love me. God, I'm so glad I am a child of yours. He wasn't saying any of that. He was just focused on everything that was going wrong in his life. Which then brings us to the conclusion. And the conclusion is this, that other people have a better life than we do. My life, my life's not so good, or sometimes we even go like, my life's not good. I think you could call this, this is the Instagram scenario. And you've, if you've been on Instagram at all or social media, I mean, you've seen the pictures out there, right? It's the perfect meal, it's the perfect vacation. Or how about this? It's like the perfect family portrait. And you just see that and go like, oh, if only I had that. But every one of us in here that have had kids and have had to take a family portrait knows what goes into trying to get that two-second snapshot. It ain't like that before. And it ain't like that afterwards. And so just that picture, as pretty as it is, like, that is a distortion of the reality that we're living out, isn't it? But that's what social media, I mean, it just can pull us down and pull us further and further and further when we get into the comparison. And that's something that Elijah had saddled himself with. And then, I tell you, like, these things are heavy. Like, there was one more. And this is the other chain that I think we are so prone to put ourselves under. We put ourselves under the weight of unfulfilled expectations. The scripture says this, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Would you say that with me? I think we'll put that up on the screen here. Yeah, everybody, just the first part. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What does that mean? It means unfulfilled expectations, what I'm hoping for, what I'm wishing for. You know, I want this to happen. When it doesn't happen, there is a sadness. There is a disillusionment that can take place in us. Now, you may wonder, like, what was Elijah's unfulfilled expectation? And it had to do with what just happened. It had to do with, like, his call on life. I mean, he was a prophet. He wanted to call the nation Israel back to God. And in chapter 18, that cool chapter I told you to go and read, there, when God showed his power unmistakably, when everybody goes, oh, oh, like, God, he is the Lord. And then the rains come down, the life-giving rains. Elijah says, that's all it's gonna take. Now, my people, they're gonna come back to God. And even King Ahab, Queen Jezebel, they're gonna stop this Baal worship stuff. They're gonna turn to the living God. But did it happen? <laughs> it did not. In fact, 
Ahab, Jezebel, they hardened their hearts even more. And Elijah, he just can't understand that. But then Jezebel, she just roars. I mean, she, she's roaring like a lion. You know why a lion roars? Here's what Jezebel did. In verse number two, chapter 19, she sends this messenger to Elijah and says to him, Elijah, in 24 hours, I'm gonna kill you. You are a dead man. Now here's a question that I'm wondering with. If you're Jezebel, if you wanted Elijah dead, why didn't you send an assassin? Why didn't you send the executioner then and just do it? Why do you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in 24 hours? I think it's because of this. She just wanted to be rid of Elijah, and Elijah, I mean, he scared her. But she wanted, as a lion, to roar for its effect. See, the reason a lion roars is it's not to kill its prey. You don't see a lion creep up on an antelope, roar, and then go to attack it, right? Because it, and antelope's gone. The reason a lion roars is to intimidate and to strike fear. He roars, the antelope runs right into the waiting trap of the lionesses as they spring upon it. He just roars to instill fear. Jezebel roared to instill fear, and unfortunately, it worked with Elijah. And in his fear, and fear is just it is definitely gonna pull us down to a low low, he runs. Now it's interesting, God tells us that the devil is like a lion, like a roaring lion. Why is that? Because he wants to instill fear in us and get us running from the place of safety and running into the place in which we really can find destruction in our lives. Here's the, here's the sad thing. Elijah was running from a defeated enemy. And sometimes, so do we. Now, as I mentioned, these, these are chains of our own making, and that's what Elijah did. But there is one other reason that we can go from a high to a low in our life. And this is one that I actually put at the top of the list. This is one that if you don't know it, you need to know it. In fact, I hope you'll write it down. It's only gonna take a sentence to write it down. But if you miss it, then it can put you from here to here. And it's this, that a spiritual high is always followed by a time of spiritual warfare or some temptation. Let me say it again. When you experience a spiritual high in your life, then it is going to be followed by a time of spiritual warfare and temptation. And you go like, why is that? Well, the enemy, the devil, he's more than happy for us to weight ourselves down with chains of our own making. I mean, he didn't have to do anything. goes like, I'm just gonna let you do, do that. <laughs> kind of smile as you do it to yourself. But when it comes to actually doing something for Jesus, 
moving the kingdom of God forward. He goes from passive, don't need to bother myself with that, to active. The devil would be more than content to let a person watch a service online, come to church, sit here, if that's all that you'll do. Because it's not a real threat to his kingdom. But if you start to light the way, you start to share Jesus with your neighbor. You get baptized with believer's baptism. I mean, you make that public profession. You involve yourself in helping out and serving. You do something. You, know, you, you give and you pray. And you know this is starting to make a difference. Then you are going to experience this in your life. You see, very simply, you do nothing, the devil does nothing. You do something for Jesus, and the devil is going to push back. This isn't just something that happened to Elijah. You could go from the very beginning of Scripture with Adam and Eve and go all throughout Scripture. I mean, you've got Elijah. You've got Daniel. You've got John the Baptist. You've got the Apostle Peter. You've got the Apostle Paul. You're going to see this in Jesus' life. This is true for all of us. Now, you might be thinking this. Well, that's a good reason not to do anything for Jesus then, right? I'm just gonna sit here, I'm gonna keep my head down and uh, not ruffle any feathers or stir the waters. And that would be, again, a response of fear. Devil's roaring, right? Because the scripture wants us to know this, that God's spirit that's in you, it is so much greater than he, the devil who's in the world. James was Jesus' half-brother. He said this, I want you to understand that if you'll resist the devil, he'll flee from you. You know why? Because he is a defeated enemy. So what do we do with this? Well, first, if we find ourselves weighted down with one or more of these chains, I can tell you, this is a heavy burden to go through life with. And these, these are real. Like I said, I've, I've worn all of these at one time or another. When Elijah was hanging himself with these, the Lord is going, please don't do that, Elijah. Don't do that. And when he got to this low, low, I mean, God, kill me, we're gonna see that God gives him help and grace to get every single one of these chains taken off of him. God is gonna offer him grace. In fact, next week, we're gonna look at how do you hear from God? Because Elijah needed to hear from God, hear the help that was offered, and then respond to it. I don't think you're gonna miss next week that way. For us today, the Lord Jesus Christ He's actually known as the chain breaker. He is the one that came so that we could be free. Free from chains of our own making, chains of our own sin, chains of our own not good decisions in our lives. Jesus wants you to be free from these. And I can tell you, it feels 
so good to be free from that weight. If you've got one about you, or maybe several, today one of the first things that you can do, and I want to—I really want to encourage you to do this. Our, when our prayer team's down front, would you just come to them and let one of us just pray a prayer over you, a prayer of help and a prayer of grace? It's a first step in opening yourself up to this grace of God, to the help that God wants for you. Now, there's probably gonna be a next step after that. For some, you may need to go see your doctor. It's gotten that bad for you. You may need to set something up with a counselor. We're happy to help you with that as well. It may just be connecting with others because that's that missing piece for you. And if you're not sure, we do something called Next here. And the whole purpose is just to sit down with you to help you to figure out like what's your next step. One next step we've seen today. If you haven't yet, as a follower of Jesus, as somebody who's received Jesus, but if you haven't yet been baptized with believer's baptism, Jesus asks you, would you do it? There's a spiritual high that comes with it. And I'll remind you, there will be some spiritual pushback. And when you, and when you feel it, just remember again how real this is. We've got people that are just coming back from mission trips, some from Kenya, some from Nicaragua. They've been on a spiritual high. And here's what I know. There's gonna be spiritual pushback. And I have been blindsided by this. I can't tell you how many times. Which is why we wanna remind each other. Not be afraid, be aware. Root is gonna be coming up. Make that decision right now. Like, I've never done anything like this. I'm going to do this. Maybe the greatest step of all. As I said before, the Lord Jesus, he's the one who can break your chains. If you've never received him as your savior, the one who God, because he so loved us, sent that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. I hope you'll open yourself up to Jesus Christ and his grace today, that you will ask him for his forgiveness, but also for his help and grace in living out your life. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that you give to us lessons from people like Elijah, just like us. And for those that are in the midst, they're exhausted. They're lonely. They've quit. They're stuck in comparison. They're dwelling on unfulfilled expectations. Would you please help them? Help them to come and in just receiving prayer to feel a weight lifted from them. For those Jesus ready to trust you as Savior as they pray this very simple prayer, Jesus, I know that I've made my own mess. I've sinned against, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against others. But I ask you for forgiveness and I ask you for the life that only you can bring to me. If that's your prayer, to trust Jesus, can I ask, would you just lift a hand for a moment in acknowledgement of that? Today, I need that. Yeah, that's powerful. Thank you, Jesus, again, for your saving grace, for the good things that you're doing. We pray in your mighty name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. 
Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast. Oh, 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 oh